Welcome back, Dodecadorks. We're the 12-sided guys. We have Matt playing Pine. Hi. Scott playing Roos. That's me. Sabrina playing Nari. Hey there. Jordan playing Richter. Good evening. And me, Paul, playing the Matlock theme song on my recorder. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is such a banger, Paul. Beautiful. <laughs> it's a great song. You should check it out. Don't let my terrible attempt uh, dissuade you. <laughs> anyway, we're glad you stuck with us this far, even after that terrible recorder uh, performance. And we're really glad for all the ratings, reviews, and recommendations you all have been sending out to family, friends, and the interwebs. Keep it up. Don't forget about our store at 12sidedguys.com, where you can get your very own Kagery Stein, Nari and the Boys t-shirt, hat, sticker, and more. Hey, Paul, stop saying hat. The hat was discontinued. Oh, <laughs> that hat that we designed, they uh, they stopped carrying it. So, yeah, I okay. know that it was made out of pure asbestos. So, <laughs> yep, <laughs> it, was, it was definitely fireproof. But all right, do you want me to record that line again or we can just leave this stuff in? <laughs> Go check out our Patreon if this is just not quite enough 12 sided guys for you. And of course, come join us on Discord to talk about everything 12 sided guys. Anyway, if you search the world over to find a legendary weapon only to be disappointed after realizing it's really just a frying pan, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex, episode 89. That was the most disappointing ultimate weapon of all time. Which, which what, what game was this? You don't remember looking for a frying pan and then it's only as good as an obsidian weapon? I remember using the frying pan on Yang and then you got the spoon, which was oh, like the no, best that was a weapon. Yes. No, this was, um, let me see. Um, Chicka Chaser. Mm. Hey, it's oh, Chicka Chaser. <laughs> Fable. Oh, that game was such a disappointment. That first yes. Fable game was a dis- disappointment all around. What? Really? I liked it. It was the first time that I like followed a game's development after hearing about it. Oh, yeah. I mean, Paul remembers. I remember even like doing some like drawing. I took one of the costumes and I and I remember making a D&D character like when you used to draw your own portrait there in that little square on your printed out character sheet. I remember oh, yeah. drawing it wearing like the, the sneaky clothes or whatever. And uh, then when I finally got the game, it didn't live up to any of the promises that they were making. Yes. I, I literally just watched a YouTube video about this where Peter Molyneux, Molyneux? Oh, I have no idea how to say it. Molyneux. Bolognese. Molyneux. Molyneux. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he was like making all the stuff about like, yeah, multiplayer and you'll be able to do all this kind of stuff. And like, you'll be able to like flip people off and they'll remember you and be scarred, you know, and the child that you left orphaned will remember you years later. And it's like, yeah, none of that stuff was ever, ever in the yeah. game. He did the same thing with black and white where he hyped it up like way more than it really ever could have been. I mean, his games are still fun, but they're never, ever what he says. Yeah. Chicken chaser. Chicken chaser. Hey, it's chicken chaser. Watchman Altia wipes the soot from her brow as she clears the last bit of fallen timbers and pulls herself from the rubble of what was the western side of the Dercia Opera House. Even though the flames are out, lines of people continue to pass buckets back and forth, 
to completely douse the areas where the fire burned hottest a short time before, while other men and women wave their hands and chant arcane words, pulling the moisture right out of the air to fall with a splash on charred debris. Altia looks behind her at the once grand edifice, now with a full third of its roof caved in, wondering why something like this had happened. Reports from witnesses spoke of a flash in one of the western balconies during a performance by Tedward, the spooniest bard of all, but no bodies were found in what remained of that private booth. Elsewhere, the reports tell a different story. All said 13 people lost their lives in the blaze and chaos that followed. Altia's mind isn't occupied with the fire in this moment, however. Glancing around the ruins, she asks to no one in particular, Has anyone seen Sergeant Garibald? Throwing his gloves down on the desk with a curse, Bartos the headsman, the most powerful man in the city of Almar, fumes. Turning to face his subordinate entering behind him, Bartos barks, The old man still lives, and now there are two of them, not to mention the others, the tall woman and the poorly dressed Barastian. His eyes narrow. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. I love it. His eyes narrow as the subordinate shrinks beneath the headsman's gaze. How did we not kill them? How did they not only escape, but actually fight back? Collecting himself with a measured breath, he asks, How many are gone? Just two of my mystics? The subordinate nods. Yes, headsman, just the two. But he hesitates before continuing on in a rush. Three more have disappeared without a word. Not killed, just gone, like the others. Bartos hangs his head, his shoulders rising and falling with his breath. Three more, he thinks to himself, just gone. All told, 21 gone now. As the First Sword's numbers continue to dwindle, the cults dedicated to Iramil continue to grow. Bartos wonders, and not for the first time, if his missing First Swords are leaving him only to join a different faction vying for control of the city. And, he continues in thought, if it was hard to find that one old man picking off his people one by one, it has become nearly impossible to locate the congregations of Iramil worshippers operating throughout the city. Bartos can almost feel his control over Almar slipping through his fingers. Looking up at his subordinate, he states, Okay, here is what we're going to do about the old man et al., as well as our missing first swords. Wow, Bartos is like writing a college thesis. <laughs> he's, he's a smart guy. The old man et al. <laughs> <laughs> the warm night air was calm, in spite of all the clamor happening further south in the city. Standing out in front of the Gilded Goose Inn, a thin man with dark hair and a goatee and a red half-cape leans in close to Roos Bayard. For some reason, whenever you come to watch one of my performances, bad things happen, he says, a small smile turning up the corner of his mouth. Five years ago, people got food poisoning. Tonight, a balcony exploded. I hesitate to think what will happen next time you watch me perform. He leans in a little closer. Dang it, dinosaurs. <laughs> the shelf next to me is covered in my kids' dinosaur toys. So okay. I bumped it with my I okay. feel romantic. Think <laughs> 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 it dinosaurs. Wait, 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 wait. You guys don't think of dinosaurs when you're being romantic? Only if I'm trying to go longer than 30 seconds. I'm just <laughs> Imagining like packs of like random packs of velociraptors stalking through the streets. Mm. <laughs> Pender stops and says, "Clever girl." <laughs> oh, no. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. I'm gonna read some of this again. For some reason, whenever you come to watch one of my performances, bad things happen. He says, a small smile turning up the corner of his mouth. Five years ago, people got food poisoning. Tonight, a balcony exploded. I hesitate to think what will happen next time you watch me perform. 
He leans in a little closer. And yet, in spite of everything, it has been really good to see you again. He leans even closer, whispering in Wish's ear. Next time, maybe I'll perform a poem I wrote shortly after our first meeting. It's called The Barastian in the Bathhouse, but it's a little risque for a general audience. Pender gives Roos a gentle kiss on the cheek, then quickly turns and enters the gilded goose without a backwards glance. Roos is left standing in the street with a redness growing in his cheeks when, from the darkness behind him, a voice exclaims, Hot damn! Welcome back to Almar, everybody. Last time we were together, in case you'd forgotten, um, the Drusia Opera House exploded and our heroes had to fight their way out of it. Um, they managed to get out, um, rescuing Pender in the process and escaped with Roos's former mentor, Tigish, a draconic looking man dressing in the Barastian style, but actually making it look good. Um, hey, and we they, did, you know what? We didn't cause the explosion either. That's like the best part about this. <laughs> there was a tragedy and it wasn't our fault. <laughs> Somebody else threw the fireballs. It wasn't us this time. Wow. What's happened to this D&D campaign? <laughs> you guys are totally bucking the trend for any Dungeons and Dragons campaign. <laughs> anyway, you guys ventured back to the Drawn Drapes, had a nice conversation with Tigish as he explained that... He had been warning Roos about the warrants out for his arrest and that there were certain people in the city who might very well be after him at this very moment, one of whom could be Roos's ex-boyfriend slash lover slash colleague in the Howling Talon, a man named Farron. Um, Tigish left, and then after some conversation after our last game, Roos walked Pender, the poet, home, back to his inn at the Gilded Goose, and apparently Pine followed him. And that is where we're at right now. It is late at night, probably three or four o'clock in the morning. Richter and Nari are still back at the Drawn Drapes, while Pine and Roos are walking home from the Gilded Goose. I didn't follow you for any kind of perverse reason or whatever. I am very happy for you. You know, we did kind of say we wouldn't go anywhere alone. I think you, more than any of us, are being hunted. This is true. I I noticed you leave the inn shortly after Pender and I, so I I found comfort in the fact that you were nearby. So I, I appreciate you coming with me. Oh, not a problem. Not a problem at all. So how did it go? Well... You were within earshot. You <laughs> you saw everything that happened. Oh, it went well. I I think there could be something there. Um, but it's early to tell. Yeah, I mean, if you want the advice of an old man, I would give Pender enough space and time because... Because you can't cage that bird. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'll I've already just... sent him 18 texts. Is that <laughs> not... Am, am I being a little too attacked? <laughs> Well, no, that's totally fine. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> he's been through something traumatic. Probably more traumatic than he's really ever experienced before. So just give him a chance. The, I think the ending there was quite nice. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't push him faster than he's, than he's comfortable with. For what it's worth. Yeah, I, I didn't make any move or try to pressure him into anything. Um, we were just enjoying a stroll in the dark. 
All right. So Pine and Roos are walking, um, walking back to the drawn drapes. We'll go back to your conversation shortly. Um, Richter and Nari are back at the drawn drapes. What are you two doing? Are you guys resting? Are you guys talking? Um, at this point, it's just the two of you. Tigish has already left, and then Roos left with Pender, and then Pine left very shortly afterwards. I gotta be a chaperone. <laughs> are Richter and uh, and Nari doing anything? I mean, I'm, I would imagine Richter probably would, there'd be some uncomfortable silence for a little bit, and then Richter would probably be like, so you're from one of those mountain tribes, right? I hear they're a pretty uh, sturdy bunch of people, some some amazing warriors coming from up there, is that right? Yes, um, we do pride ourselves on being pretty pretty tough, and and, well, we used to pride ourselves on being warriors, but hopefully... Hopefully going forward, post-shattering, things are a little bit more peaceful up there. But yes, I'm I'm from the Stormfist tribe. That's fascinating. I've always wanted to make my way up into the uh, Glass Mountains to go visit some of the high tribes. The the legends and the stories of their prowess in combat is fairly renowned throughout Pavantus. I'm surprised you never made it up there uh, during your military time where you more on the uh, coastline you know uh, there were a lot of there was a lot of action along the coast there was a lot in the uh, in some of the more uh, agricultural regions of Menarest and we dabbled in some subterfuge in some of the cities both in Menarest and in Almar as well um, I too have dabbled in some subterfuge <laughs> as one does little subterfuge here little subterfuge there <laughs> Happens to the best of us. We all get caught up on it. Right. Do you think Mr. Pine will um will be able to uh, trust you fully? I I mean no disrespect, but there seems to be a little bit of well something between you you two. Uh, with that, Richter kind of looks a little bit more serious for a moment, and he kind of stares off into uh, into nothingness, and he says. I feel that he trusts me, but whether there will ever be a friendship or any kind of a deeper relationship, I um, I can't say. And I, I don't hope for much. I certainly burned a lot of any goodwill that could have been there in my actions those many, many years ago. My only hope is that I can try to make amends in some way for what I did to to Timrid. I mean, don't worry about it. We became friends with Roos, and you've seen that guy. So if that can happen, I think you and Pine have, have a chance to be real, real close. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, it does speak highly of what you guys are able to overlook in a person to, uh, you know... To, to have such a cohesive group, especially with a mustache that profuse. <laughs> but, uh... we, we are pretty great people. Speaking of, I wonder, uh, I wonder um, how uh, Mr. Roos is uh, scoring tonight. Scoring? Was he was he betting on something? I don't understand. I I think Pine is going to come back and uh, let us know the uh, result of the bet. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, hopefully he made a killing, you know. Hopefully, hopefully not. <laughs> oh gosh. 
really, really won the bag. You know, really, really took home the whole sack on that one. Really, really took them oh. for everything that's worth. Really <laughs> yeah, cleaned them out. out. Really cleaned them out. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's cut back now to uh, Roos and Pine as you guys are coming back towards the drawn drapes. I just want to have a quick question for you. After the warnings from Tegish and all that kind of stuff, um, are you guys just kind of going down the main streets? You guys kind of like trying to stick to alleyways or what? It's not that far from the Gilded Goose to the drawn drapes. Um, how would you guys be traveling? Pine would be erring on the side of caution. So would Roos. Staying in the shadows and, and probably taking alleys. Okay. As you guys uh, make your way through the alleys between some buildings and things, because you're like one alleyway away from kind of a main thoroughfare as you guys are approaching the drawn drapes. Why don't you go ahead and make a stealth check as you guys are traveling in these alleyways uh, between buildings? Roos got the dirtiest of 20s. Ooh, sexy. The walk of shame 20. <laughs> Pine got a 16. All right. You guys are moving through the alleyways. I'm basically heading directly south towards the, uh, towards the drawn drapes. The moon is up, so there's some light. Um, but here in the alleyways, it's pretty dang dark. Um, as you guys are moving south through this alleyway, having your quiet conversation, I need you to stop right there. Bruce, your passive perception is what, 21? It's 22. 22. Well, I made the roll already. What's your passive perception, Mr. Pine? It is 14. As you guys are sneaking along, you guys are very, very quiet, very, very sneaky. However, Mr. Pine, you do not realize that somebody is watching you. Roos, you get this tingling between your shoulder blades and you instinctively know you're being watched. And as you turn to look to see what is going on, I'm going to have you guys all roll initiative. And I'm sorry, Mr. Pine, you have the surprise condition for this first round. Let me pull up initiative. Oh, no. Bruce got an 18. Pine got a 23. So... Bruce, you know something is wrong. Pine, you miss your first turn because you don't know anything's happening. Bruce, you know somebody is watching you. So as you turn around uh, to look, you don't see anything. So you can tell me what you want to do for your turn. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I'm going to hold an action. And what is that action you're going to hold? If someone appears to be a threat, I'm going to cast a spell. Okay. And is that your turn? Um, I am going to duck around this corner. Okay. And uh, just to the south, um, so opposite Pine, we're kind of um, on different corners on the same little... All right. And now that's going to bring us to somebody's turn. Bruce, you couldn't tell where you were being watched from, but as you are looking around, ready to cast a spell, suddenly somebody appears up on this balcony. There's like this stairway that goes to the second floor of one of these buildings back here, and somebody appears up on top of that balcony, and instantly they appear. Like they were, they weren't hiding, they were literally invisible. Bruce, you look up, you're ready to cast your spell, and you recognize the person standing up there. Oh no. They're handsome. Hair pulled back in a dark ponytail, 
little older than last time you saw them. You can see lean muscle, a breastplate underneath a cloak of some kind. Cute little monkey tail swaying around. There is a cute little monkey tail swaying around. In one hand, there is also a whip. And in the other hand, there is a crystal. And it looks like this person is getting ready to throw a crystal um, in your direction. Roos, you get to cast your spell before this person goes. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. He's got a monkey tail? (laughs) Is he... Is he Goku? <laughs> <laughs> He's Zidane from Final Fantasy IX. <laughs> yes, that was that was the inspiration for what I was thinking. Nice. Put your monkey tail back in your pants. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> um, I'm going to cast a new spell that I am taking, and it is called Curse of the Hapless. And this unnamed figure needs to make a DC 16 charisma save. DC 16 charisma save? All right, let's see. Um, Anytime he makes um, a roll, he has to roll a D4 and subtract that from his roll. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, he failed. He rolled a seven, which means his charisma save was a 13. So he failed. So now he's baned, right? Yeah. He has now the minus four to any roll. And the crystal comes crashing down right between Mr. Pine and Roos. What I need from both of you is I need an intelligence save. Difficulty 15. What? But I'm not smart. <laughs> oh, yeah. Intelligence saves. Yeah, they, they they happen in this game sometimes. Oh, no. Roos, you get to add a plus four. Roos got an 11. And that is with the plus four. Pine did get a 21. Okay. Uh, it looks like if you save, you don't take any damage. So, Pine, you're not going to take any damage right here. Roos, you're going to take some damage. It is going to be... Oh, my gosh, that's massive damage. Uh, that is going to be 25 psychic damage. Oh, shoot. Ow. And since you failed, you are stunned for one minute. Oh, ouch. And this person... That will drop my concentration as well on Bane. Okay. So no more Bane. Dang it! Okay. No more Bane. This person is going to stay put, point a finger at you, Mr. Pine, and say, this isn't your fight. I suggest you back away. Okay, now is it my turn to fight? (laughs) And now it is Mr. Pine's turn. All right. So Mr. Pine is going to move within 10 feet of him. And then I am going to let out a terrifying shout, and I'll say, your defeat is assured. Flee or fall. It's a DC 16 wisdom save, or he's afraid of me. Well, he gets um, advantage on this. Uh, He ended up getting a 16. That is my saving throw, and if Bane was there, he would have failed, and if I was within 10 feet of him, he wouldn't have been able to move, and this spell makes him drop his weapon, and he cannot be unafraid of me until he can't see me anymore, but he succeeded. He succeeded. Okay. Woulda, shoulda, woulda. So that was my action. For my bonus action, since that didn't work, I'm going to go ahead and with a level two spell, I'm going to say... Field Marshal, sir, I ask your aid. And I'm going to chuck Kenig's S-Talk up right next to him. That's a 23 to hit. That will hit for seven force damage. Okay. And that now is my turn. Okay. Actually, hey, I, I still have some more movement. Can I move up right next to him? Yes, you can. 
Okay, here I go. Right up next to him. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, that brings us to Roos. Roos, you get to make your uh, intelligence save again. Well. Uh, difficulty 15. I, and I'm outside of range of the uh, plus four, right? Yes, you are. Okay. That's an 11. Which that would have been, been enough. 15. <laughs> it would have been enough. <laughs> okay, I'm still there. I'm still stunned. All right. Um, and uh, that is your turn. And it is now... We'll, we'll just we'll just cut to the chase. It's now Farron's turn. Let's see if he is able to use that same crystal skill again uh, on a five or a six. No, he does not. Mr. Pine, a whip attack is coming at you. And that will be for 19. Does that hit? That is my AC. Yeah, so that hits. Oh, barely hits. Um, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take 2d10 plus four slashing damage. That's going to be, oh my gosh, max damage. Shoot, can I have that um, whip when we kill him? <laughs> 24 damage. And um, also you need to make an intelligence saving throw. Difficulty 15. That is an 11. You are now stunned while the whip is on you. So it is around me. It is around you, yes. In fact, you are grappled by it as well. So um, there is an escape DC of 15, but you are also stunned until the grapple ends. So as long as he keeps the whip on you, I guess you're stunned. Yep, and since I can't do actions, I can't do bonus actions, so Ken talk is worthless. So that is his turn. Pine, you are stunned as you are grappled. Roos, you can try to make your save again. Difficulty 15 intelligence. I made it. I oh, got no. a 22. Okay, now that is the end of your turn. So you are now unstunned. Pine, you are stunned being held here by Farron. Farron looks over, seeing that Roos is awake. He looks back at you, Pine, and he says, my fight is not with you. And he pulls out a little blackjack out of, from behind uh, his belt, and he is going to try to clobber you over the head with it. So he is going to make a clobbering attack with advantage, as you are stunned, and that is going to be a 22 to hit. That hits. Okay, now, here's the deal. This is huge damage, and this is because I'm using a different creature's stat block, but here we go. Boom, boom. <laughs> that is going to be 57 damage Okay. to Mr. Pine. Are you still standing? I am still standing. Okay. It was non-lethal damage, just so you know. Uh, when Farron hits you, you're stunned, but you can still see like a, a surprised look in his eyes that you are not unconscious. Okay. So is he like one-handing each thing, or did he stop with the whip? Yeah, he got the whip in one hand, and then he clubbed you over the head with the other with the other hand. Okay. Um, but he is now focused completely on you, and Roos is free to move. Pine, you miss your turn. Roos, what are you going to do? Roos can't see real well from around that corner so he's going to step um basically about 10 feet kind of coming around the corner um to stand next to mr pine so he has a better view of Farron, and he's going to throw his chakram okay for oh my goodness a 12 to hit that will not hit and then i'm going to i'll offhand it i'll throw it again with my my off. Oh my goodness! A seventeen to hit. Seventeen will hit. Yes. Oh, oh, cool. 
um, for seven psychic and then uh, seven precision. So 14 damage. That was worthless. All right. Every little bit counts. Farron is still holding Mr. Pine with this whip. Um, Farron is going to attempt to clobber Mr. Pine again. And that's going to hit 25. Yeah. Mr. Pine, I don't think there's any way that you are still standing after this. I have three hit points left. Okay. You are knocked unconscious. Bam! He clobbers you over the head with his blackjack. And Pine, you fall on the stairs unconscious, not dead. And Farron looks at you, Roos, and he says, Come quietly, and I'll leave him be. Pine, you don't need to make a uh, death saving throw because you are not dying, but Roos, it is your turn. Oh, also the whip has now come off of Pine. He is no longer grappled. I'm no longer stunned. (laughs) Oh, man. Roos is going to cast Refracted Visage. So now there are duplicates of him around. Okay. And he'll pull Gigi out of his pocket and send her out to Mr. Pine. So Mr. Pine gets nine hit points back and Roos will say, I'll go with you, but not in custody. We need to discuss the matter of my warrant. All right. It is now Farron's turn and he says, he holds up two fingers and he says, warrants plural. He is going to jump down and move up towards Roos. Did he leave my threat range? No. He stayed within your threat range the whole time. He just kind of moved around you um, as Roos has moved up. Um, so he's going to make attack against you, Roos. This is just one attack. He gets to add seven to this roll. That is a 23 to hit. That hits, but he has to roll a d20 to see if he oh, hits me. That's right. He rolled a 19. If you have three duplicates on a six or higher, you change it to a duplicate. With two, okay, it's so, eight or higher. Okay, so he missed. Yeah, he, so hits a, he hit a duplicate. Yeah, yeah. So there's two duplicates left. All right. And he looks at you and he says, new tricks. Pine, you are laying on the stairs next to Farron. Your eyes flutter open as Gigi gives you a big old wet kiss. Aww. And it's your turn. She's so sweet. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to take two attacks on this guy. Also, Ken Zestock is still there. It's not concentration. Oh, it's, oh, sorry about that. I I deleted it from the map. Bing! So uh, my first attack is a 19 to hit. That will hit, yeah. All right, that's 11 piercing damage, three cold, and I will say, unleash with precision, Swordmaster's Fury, and do 2d8 additional. That's another seven damage. So total, that will be 21 damage on that first attack. Nice hit. Second attack is a 25 to hit. <laughs> that will hit. Uh, that's 12 piercing and 6 cold, and I'm out of spell slots. <laughs> oh my gosh. So total, this guy is taking 60 damage. Okay. All right. Bonus action, can exist talk. Oh yeah. 22 to hit. Yep. For 6 additional force damage. Okay. So so the S-talk is obviously lethal, because I can't control that, but everything else I was doing was non-lethal. Okay. Um, Pine and Roos, you guys, with your passive perceptions, I mean, even Pine, you're 14 or whatever, um, you can tell this guy went from being in complete control of the situation to um, a 
very uh, worried look in his eyes, blood dripping down uh, from like a wound on his head. He is looks like he is looking left and right, trying to figure out how he can get out of the situation as the tide has completely turned. Bruce, it's your turn. Bruce is going to strike out with his bronze dagger and hit with a 17. That will hit. For 10 radiant damage and 8 precision, so 18 damage on that strike. Okay, what does that look like? Roos will drop the refracted visage so the duplicates disappear. He'll put a hand on Farron's shoulder, pull him in, and stab him right into the chest, and then give him a kiss on the cheek and say, I seem to recall a very similar situation years and years ago (laughs) and pulled the blade out of his chest. That's so awesome. And that blade does non-lethal, correct? Yes, it's non-lethal. Okay. His eyes roll back in his head. You see just like the slightest little smile and he falls to the ground unconscious. And we're going to cue victory music. I claim his whip. You can have it. (laughs) Well, should we get this guy tied up and question him? What do you want to do with him? Well, I'm worried about what he'll do if he gets back, if he takes word back to Howling Talon. Hmm. I can't bring myself to kill him, but we could strip him of all his possessions and bring him back with us. I mean, he's probably got some of those crystals like you had. Yeah, he was he was throwing a couple of them. They were far more complex than than I was ever able to do. Hmm. Well, yeah, let's let's uh, let's tie him up. Let's not forget the tail, because who knows how prehensile <laughs> that thing is. Oh, it's it's prehensile. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> okay. Well. Um. Uh. Yeah. Let's. Uh. And we'll we'll take him. We'll take him with us. I guess. Should we just take him to the drawn drapes, or should we? Send word to our uh, to our friends to meet us somewhere else. Hey, you know what? Here's what we'll do. Let's uh, let's take him. We'll tie him up. We'll take him closer to the drawn drapes. I'll go in and get our friends because I'm pretty sure that Richter has a place we can question him that's a bit more private and discreet. That's a great idea. Let's do it. Okay. So, are you guys stripping him here first? Taking all of his gear. Well, just like, yeah, take his blackjack and his whip and his pouch of crystals and then tie him up. Yeah, but not his clothes. If we find any other like knives or whatever on him, we'll obviously take those as well. Okay. Um, the whip, it seems like the whip is nice. It's probably, it's, it's like a plus one whip, but it seems like the stunning effect and stuff, that was all more his innate magical powers. So, so the whip is very nice, but it's not the whip that was stunning you. Okay, and then you guys are heading back towards the drawn drapes. You guys approach the building kind of quietly, dragging this body between the two of you um, through the alleyways. Very casually. (laughs) (laughs) It is quite late. It is quite late. All right, you guys approach the drawn drapes. Um, Richter and Nari, I imagine, are maybe taking a rest at this point or uh, maybe just kind of finishing up their conversation. Yeah, I think I would wait until Mr. Pine came back probably within reason. Okay. As soon as we get close, then Pine would head in. Keep an eye on him. I'll go get the others. Yep. 
you go in um, to the drawn drapes. There is a woman standing at the front desk um, just for these late night um, comings and goings. And she just kind of nods at you as you come in. You saw her as you left. So um, she knew to expect you. Pine, it's also, he's like all ready to like have a cool story and to just throw her off or whatever. So as he's coming in, he's like, oh man, I got to get my friends. I saw the weirdest looking cat out there. They got to <laughs> see this cat. She's already stopped paying attention to you and she's she's moved back to a book or something. The tail on that thing. It had like, it had, it had two sets of ears. It was crazy. <laughs> she's, she's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. As she's like um, reading her book. Um, all right, you head back to the room. Um, Richter and Nari, uh, Mr. Pine comes into the room. Hey, so we need to go out. Um, we were ambushed on our way what? back. Yeah, we're, we're, we're okay. We're okay. We actually caught the assailant and Roose is with him now, but we need to question him. And just so you know, I came up with this really cool cover story about a cat with extra ears. Uh, <laughs> 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 There's so much going on. So it's going to throw off the person at the desk so they, like, they don't think anything's mm. going on or whatever. Yes. But we, we, need, we definitely, we need to, we need to go. Um, um, Richter. Got it, yeah. Yeah, I'll play the part. Funky looking cat. Yes. Got it. <laughs> the headsman, the gall of him to try to attack us twice in one evening. Oh, it wasn't the headsman. What? No, this was personal to, to Roos specifically. Oh. But uh, we, can, we can discuss it more outside. Oh, no. He didn't advance too quickly on Pender, did he? <laughs> <laughs> he got slapped so hard. No, honestly, that was... That was beautiful. It was super oh, cute. Oh, the poor lad. <laughs> but anyway, no. Um, Kaylin, do you have a um a place where we could question this person more discreetly, more privately? Yes, I mean we could go through the sewers and and question him in an alcove down there. I'm sure there's some spots that we can find that are secluded. All right. Well, I'll have you lead the way. But come on, let's go. And I'll say really loud, let's go see this weird looking cat. (laughs) (laughs) Richter, Richter plays right into it. I'm so excited to see this weird looking cat. Oh, it's it's bonkers. You guys are so funny. (laughs) The bartender asks, is it on this corner? Can I see it too? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) Sorry, son. It sounds like it's in the sewers. We better check it out first, actually. You never know. Might not be safe. (laughs) <laughs> There's no bartender this time of night, guys. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, well, yeah, we just so you said guys it go... to no one. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, you guys head back outside, um, and you um, go back to the place where you had left Roos with Farron. Um, you find them in, a, in an alleyway. And, uh, Richter, you know... Um, you know, roughly how to get back to um, a kind of a discreet way to get back into the sewers underneath your house. And you guys should be able to get there um, pretty carefully uh, without being spotted, as well as before Farron would wake up from being knocked unconscious. Perfect. Oh, God, is this Apple Bottom 2.0, guys? <laughs> I think I have a solution for this, so so don't worry. Apple Bottom is what we called Ramsey. Well, just FYI, Richter. Oh, yes. Or Iramiel. Did we tell you that? I can't remember. Wait, what? He was Iramiel, yeah. Mm, no, no, he died. I had him and he died. You, you are no. clearly mistaken. 
Wait, how do you pronounce his name? I've heard it said like 18 different ways. Ron, I think, I, think, I think we say it differently every time we say his name. I think the only one who says it differently is you, Scott. <laughs> it's true. <sighs> Wait, are we talking about Romeo? <laughs> yep, that one. Yeah, so honestly, if I was saying it naturally, I would just be, it would be Iramiel. Ah. <laughs> that's how you that's how they say it in in memory ramsey <laughs> ramsey but anyway yeah so ramsey um he was Ramiel. <laughs> that was very fancy <laughs> it wouldn't sound fancy to richter i'm just saying it with a french accent and he would totally catch on it's oh just been God. years since i've heard it it, may, it reminds me of home <laughs> very formal i like it um i mean that that's preposterous, and we should talk about that. But um, yeah, let let's talk about that another time. After we've moved our prisoner, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you guys drag Farron um into um a sewer entrance that you that you are aware of, Richter, um, and down some stairs um into this um labyrinth of canals and uh, spillways and that kind of thing. And there is this small little alcove that you are aware of. It's actually um. It's kind of off, uh, just not that far from your home, but still discreet enough that nobody would be able to find your home from this location. Um, as you bring Farron into this little alcove, there's a walkway that goes around the room, and then it's, there's water in the middle. Um, but this is the most uh, secluded area in the sewers that you're aware of where you might be able to question somebody without um, concern of maybe a rat catcher coming down here or, you know, some kind of uh, city workers, that kind of thing. And Farron is, um, I guess, tied up. No more whip, no more blackjack, no more bag of crystals. And um, no more breastplate either. No more breastplate. Okay. Take the breastplate off of him too. Um, Roos, I'd imagine he looks pretty handsome to you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he does. He looks like John Snee. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so here you are in this uh, in this small area, and um, is it somebody going to wake him up and start asking him questions? Here's my plan before we wake him up. I'm going to have him pen a letter to Howling Talon that he has apprehended me, and that he'll take me back to Arklevy to, to King Tenor. So Howling Talon will believe that I am on route to be delivered and that the contract will be fulfilled. But if we can keep him prisoner somewhere while we're in Almar, then we won't have to worry about anybody hunting me. Do you think it's possible to convince him that uh, he doesn't need to hunt you anymore? Maybe win over another ally somehow? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not stoked on the idea of having another long-term prisoner. Neither am I. <laughs> but at least this one we could like leave tied up in like the basement of Richter's house and just stop in every once in a while to like feed him some bread and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't need to eat every day, I don't think. Uh, a classic serial killer style. We could just put the rest of that big wheel of cheese in there with him. Well, um, and, and to be fair, Richter, it wouldn't be the first time that you've had people locked up in the basement of your house. Uh, um, as, with, as, fall, as, as Fallen Heaven, you would have had people, including Ramsey, locked up in the basement of your house. Oh, yeah. I mean, I lock up people in my basement all the time, actually. It puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it does what it's told. 
<laughs> I, I can't help but think of Joe Dirt. All right, all right, you broken record. I put the lotion on the skin. All right, Aaron is sitting there, um, tied up and unconscious. Somebody gonna wake him up? Yeah, Roos will wake him up. Hey, his eyes flutter open. He looks up at you, Roos, and he goes, ha, this is not how I expected tonight to go. <laughs> what did you expect? A fancy <laughs> I, dinner, some champagne? No, no, no. I expected to see you in a cell, and I expected to get a contract completed. Hmm. Well, life doesn't ever turn out how we expect. Like, for instance, earlier tonight, I had no idea I was going to get this awesome whip. And Pine's over in the corner practicing <laughs> with the whip. Okay, I need you, since you're doing that. Make a performance check, and if you do bad enough, you're going to River Phoenix, Indiana Jones yourself. Oh, no, I did a 23. Like, I'm a, it's okay. a dex because I am a, I'm an expert. <laughs> you are an expert. If you would have rolled a one, I would have had you do, like, River Phoenix, where he split his lip. Giving Harrison Ford his uh, a story reason for Harrison Ford to have a scar on his chin. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, Farron says, "Please take care of that. I, I would expect that back when this is all over." I look him straight in the eyes and just whoops, <laughs> <laughs> off to the side. <laughs> oh gosh! So then he looks up at you, Roos, and he says, "Well, the tables have turned. What are you going to do with me?" That depends entirely on you I am working in the city to you'll never believe this but to save the world again and <laughs> he laughs <laughs> I knew you wouldn't believe but I am the rightful king to the throne of Arkelvy and as soon as I finish up with my current task I will head back depose tenor and assume my rightful place as king he snickers and he says, so what you're saying is that once you save the world, then you'll go off to a far off kingdom and crown yourself king? Is that what you're saying? Do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? You know, I, I do. And I didn't expect you to believe me. So here are your choices. You can play nice and do as you're told. Or you can be held prisoner Nariel's kind of step up behind Roos and crack her fingers a bit and intimidate. Why do you make an intimidation check then, uh, Nari? I'm not very good at that, but I'm going to look tough. <laughs> a 12. A 12. Um, he kind of looks at you, Nari, and then he looks back at you, Roos, and he says, What happened to you, Roos? <laughs> Walking away from a contract? You were all about fulfilling as many contracts as you could. That was... I mean, that was... That's what we did. What changed? That's what you did. That's what you did too. Don't, don't kid yourself, Roos. You were very good at what you did. Why did you stop? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> you can see, okay, passive perception is high enough. You see his tail is sticking straight up in the air. <laughs> oh, no, oh, no. no, we tied this down. We tied it down on purpose. <laughs> okay, okay. It's like, ah, it stings. <laughs> <laughs> I was good. I did fulfill many contracts. But Howling Talon asked me to do things that I was morally opposed to. I didn't understand it, my feelings at the time, but I had to imprison my sister. And that's really where it all changed. And well, then, what did she do? 
Why? <laughs> she must have done something terrible to, uh, to have gotten a contract out for Howling Talon. She stood up against tyranny. Hmm. And if that's what will get someone a contract against Howling Talon, then so be it. If that's what gets me a contract out on my head, so be it. Look, I'm not the same person I was all those years ago. The last contract I took was for my own head. What was I supposed to do? Turn myself in? Say, look, I, I found him. I found the heir. It's me. Lock me up away in a cell. No. I couldn't have done that. This was the only choice. This was the only path I had. Hmm. A little dejectedly says, yeah, you're, you're not the same person that you were. Sadly. If your opinion mattered to me, that might affect me. But it doesn't. You've shown me time and again that you will do whatever it takes for money for these contracts. And you would too. At least that's the person you used to be. That's not who I am anymore. Don't act like your job is some noble ambition. You do the bidding of the people who can pay you the most. King Tanner has no legal claim against Roos. He just has the most money. And he can send anybody he wants after his head. That's not noble. That's tyranny from the wealthy. Eat the rich. <laughs> here, here. Um, Roos like pointedly doesn't jangle the like hundreds of gold in his pocket. <laughs> well, we didn't hire any killers. So. <laughs> That's true. You do your killing yourself. I have a proposition for you, if you're willing to hear it. Well, I'm I'm all ears. I want to hire you to fulfill the contract, but not with me, with someone else. Which contract are we talking about? The heir of Everlyn or the King Tenor contract? We all know the heir of Everlyn one is so old that nobody cares about it anymore. The only reason it's around is because there's a new contract out for me. No, the heir of Everlyn one never went away, and it has always been clouded by the fact that you walked away from it. You, Roos Lorimer, you walked away from a contract. I thought for sure that that story was false. There must be something missing to that story, that you would just walk away from a contract, literally. I just gave you the missing piece. Yes. Yes, you did. And now it makes a little more sense. What would you have me do? Pen a letter to Howling Talon that you have me. Take a trip. Go to Arkelvie. And then pen another letter in two to three weeks saying that you lost me. And if you would like, you can come and pursue me again after that point. So you're saying you'll let me go if I promise to leave the country, hang out for a couple of weeks, and then come back and come after you? <laughs> Get to your destination and then hang out for a couple of weeks, and then you can return. But by then, I won't be here anymore. Honestly, if we fail, the world may not be here anymore. Oh, yes, that bit about saving the world is true. <laughs> he, he laughs. Or destroying it. It kind of depends <laughs> on how we're feeling that day. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, Richter, we're saving the world. I don't know if we ever clear on those details either. <laughs> we're going to find Iramiel and... Iramiel? How did you, how did you say it? Iramiel. Is there a... 
Is there phlegm in your throat when you're doing that? Well, the, the R sound in the menorees is way back in the back of your throat. Iramiel. Is that too far? That's perfect. That's perfect. Iramiel. I think I can. I can probably learn menorees. <laughs> if you pull up your scarf, you can understand Menorees. <laughs> All right. Well, you have made a proposition to Farron. Let us make some rolls. Um, you, I think you made a pretty good argument. Uh, he is in a position of um, distress. So I will let you make a persuasion or intimidate check with advantage. I will go persuasion. I got a 16. Okay. He looks you in the eye and says, deal. But you'll have to untie me so I can write the letter. All right. Bruce will bend down and untie him. Okay. You're not getting your weapons back, though. I really want my whip. And then he winks at you, Bruce. <laughs> that ship has sailed long ago. Pine will say, wait, this whip is like a sex thing? And drop it on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> You can have the whip. You cannot have the crystals. How about crystals, no whip? Half of your crystals and no whip. The smaller ones. Can I do a bump of some of that crystal myself? (laughs) (laughs) I too like to party. (laughs) Do I trust this guy? Make an insight check. That's a 19. Uh, You have no reason to doubt him. Except, I mean, except for all the obvious reasons to doubt him. <laughs> I mean, he, he's not being overtly lying. Okay. You can tell that he's not lying. He, he seems to be sincere. Okay. Just to sweeten the deal, uh, Pine will say, obviously we wouldn't give you a contract without offering you payment for it as well. There will be gold involved. Jesus Christ, Pine. Buy him dinner first. <laughs> <laughs> he nods. He says, okay. Half of my crystals, and my whip, and some gold. I, I said half of your crystals and no whip. Oh, come on, Roos. I had to try. <laughs> Pine's already negotiated us down a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> you guys literally have this guy in the sewer, um, totally overpowered, and you're like, how about we pay you some money too? Because he seems to be very driven by money, and if we make it an official contract, I feel like he's more likely to actually follow through with it before double-crossing us, at least to a certain degree. I have an old friend that will be willing to escort you out of the city just to make sure that things go off without a hitch. But of course, if I'm heading to Arkelvi, I, I prefer to travel by airship. <laughs> I'm not paying for that. Oh, I can afford that. That's not a problem. Okay, well, what would you like me to write? And he kind of licks the nib of a quill and is ready to start writing. Well, let's let's take you to someplace a little bit more comfortable. R- Richter, uh, Mr. Richter, what would you have me call you? Um, wait, run that by me again. <laughs> uh, well, I, I call your old friend Mr. Pine. Would you like me to call you Mr. Richter as well? Or Kylan? Uh, Kaylin, but... Kaylin. Uh, but Lieutenant General Richter, or or just Richter, is acceptable. Okay. Most honorable Lieutenant General, sir. <laughs> <laughs> is there a place in your home from your days of fallen heaven where you could keep him safe for a night or two? Uh, yes, I have just the place uh, where our friend 
Chancellor Ramsey stayed. It's in our in the cellar of my home. Okay. Let's make our way. All right. This way. There's a there's an entrance that we can get to from here. Um, you start to walk back towards the cellar um, of Richter's home. I'm going to try to make it a circuitous route because I don't want to like make it just a straight, easy to remember line back to the home. Okay. Roos is going to use his sending stone and reach out to Tigish. Okay. Out of earshot of Farron. Okay. Um, before I do, I would I would get um, Richter's address so that I could pass that along in the message. Yeah, Jordan, what's Richter's address? Uh, One, two, three, <laughs> fake street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the sending, I'll, I'll say to Tigish, I'll give him the address and I'll say, meet me here as soon as you can. I need your help. You send that message to, to, uh, to Tigish, Roos, and you get the message back saying, don't you ever sleep? I'll be there in an hour. <laughs> and as you come up through a trap door, you come through a secret bookcase slash wine shelf that swings aside and you are now into Richter's basement. And uh, the basement is split up into six little alcoves and then there's like a central area and uh, the different alcoves have storage, you know, food. I think last time we were talking, Richter was talking about how he likes to keep food on hand and stuff for like when his, uh, when his agents and things are coming in and out of town. Um, and so that's where a lot of this is kept. But there is one alcove in the northeast corner of the basement where um, the the door is much sturdier and actually has a um, a, a very solidly well-built lock on it. Um, and that is where um, you will keep Farron uh, for the time being. So I'm guessing you lead him in there and you give him the quill and paper for him to write? Um, not yet. I'm going to wait for Tikish. You guys sit around and wait. You guys can each take a short rest if you want to. And I am going to let Farron take a short rest as well, because oh, that's please. fun for me. Jeez. And eventually, you guys don't hear a knock on the door or anything like that. Um, Tigish just comes walking down the stairs into the basement. He just let himself into your home, Richter. And as he comes walking in, he looks at you, Roos, as he comes down the stairs. And he says, Roos. What is so important that you need me at this hour? <laughs> I apologize, old friend. I was accosted in the middle of the night, and I appreciate your warning. And now I have a prisoner. It's not who I think it is, is it? It's precisely who you think it is. He kind of rubs the ridge between his eyes and his snout, and he closes his eyes. You can tell... Uh, trying to like keep a headache from starting. And he says, Roos, what do you expect me to do with an agent of Howling Talon? A an organization that I work for. <laughs> I have an idea and I hope to get your blessing with this. Farron is going to return to Arklevy. He's going to, to notify Howling Talon that he has me with him, but I will not be with him. I want you to complete the contracts and erase them while he's gone but I will escape or I will not have ever been with him and and, and uh, Farron will return empty handed so Farron is leaving town and you are not going with him and I am going to say that the contracts are fulfilled I can I can do that with the old contract the one 
um, for you from us. But the one from King Tenor has to be acknowledged by Tenor himself. I'm sure I could come up with a letter of King Tenor acknowledging its completion. Roos, that, um, that goes against what I stand for. Make a persuasion check. Okay. I'm not very good at this. But I rolled a 22. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, nice. So this is as far as Tigish is willing to go. I will keep your secret, Roos. I will nullify the contract that we put out for you five years ago. But the one from King Tenor, I cannot knowingly let a forged receipt past my purview. I thank you for what you're willing to do. I guess I have to deal with Tenor myself. Oh, we just wait for Kira's army to kick his butt. Yeah, that is probably happening as we speak. We're really not <laughs> clear on what's happening on the other side of the world right now. As far as time-wise, actually, the battle has probably not even started. Um, maybe some pushing from King Tenor's forces on Wayfield um, with Vonette, the uh, Magister of, uh, of Wayfield, um, but probably has not gotten all the way to Tabory yet. And I would assume Nari is doing like relatively regular check-ins via Cellstone. Okay, cool. Then we will probably do one of those very soon, actually, in game. Okay, um, so Tigish is willing to help you out, Roos. Farron is kind of sitting behind this door, this locked door. He can hear what's going on. And uh, he calls out, he says, so you want me to write a letter? I'll write it. Just tell me what to say. <laughs> Don't worry, Farron. The adults are speaking. Oh, snap. Make a burn check. <laughs> Tigish says, is there anything else that you need from me or just to get rid of these con this contract? I'd like you to get rid of the contract and in three days time, retrieve Farron from here and escort him out of the city. He nods with your 22 persuasion and he walks over to the door and he says, Farron, no hard feelings, I hope. Just know that this is Probably for your own good. I don't think that this could have ended any better for you than it has. And Farron is, for the first time tonight, quiet. Oh, and Farron, I'll pay you when you find me again. In kisses? <laughs> Man, Roos, when it rains, it pours, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, I, I had like a five-year dry spell. It's, it's a little intense right now. That's how it always goes. Don't spend it all in one place. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> all right. Well, Tigish, uh, Tigish turns to you, Roos, and he says, okay, in three days, I will return, and I will escort our friend out of the city. Until then, try to stay out of trouble, Roos. I can't, <laughs> I can't always be there to help you out. Well, I only shattered the world once. Hopefully, I don't do it again. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Mr. Tigish, let me let me walk you out. Okay. So Tigish and Pine walk up the stairs up into the um onto the first floor of the um of the building. Uh Roos, you are telling Farron what to write in this letter as Pine escorts Tigish out towards the front door. 
actually have another contract, although it's not maybe the kind you're used to fulfilling. And it doesn't have to be you, it can be anyone. Okay. I'm looking for someone. I've been unable to find my son, Temrid Pine Jr. I can give you information about him, but, you know, I've I've tried hiring mages to, to communicate with him at a distance to try to find his location, but they, they've always come up silence, and I know he doesn't have to respond, and anyway, I'm afraid that he's in danger or he's in a place he doesn't want to be, or that he's no longer with us. But, um, I'd like to hire Howling Talon to find him and bring me word. I understand. Um, just Mr. Pine, is it? Um, be aware that it is a hefty price. It's 500 gold pieces to take on a contract like this. Oh, is that all? (laughs) Oh, Oh, well, pardon me. Yeah, yeah, 500 gold. Yeah, here you go. Here's, here's, um, 50 platinum. Oh. Here's an additional, uh, 20 gold just, uh, for you. Buy yourself something nice. <laughs> I was in this market for a new sweater vest. <laughs> They're so comfortable. <laughs> he, uh, he takes your money and he says, I will, I will make sure that this contract is in today. And, Someone will be looking for your son as soon as the sun is up. Okay. He has a history with the adjudicators, the Tower of Adjudication. He was a personal clerk to uh, uh, adjudicator, um, big guy, horned helmet, axe. Oh, yes. Adjudicator Ulrich. Yes. He, he died in Arkovi, um five years ago. Oh, did he? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't seen him since around that time, um, so that might be a lead. So, and then I don't. How will they get a hold of me? Um, I have. A, I can contact Roos through my sending stone. Okay. Or you can check back in with any Howling Talon office. We do. I think I'd like to avoid direct contact with any Howling Talon offices. So through okay. you would be fantastic. Okay. Then Roos knows how to get in touch with me. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Digish. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, Mr. Pine. And then he leaves the building. Good evening. Good morning. Good day. Um, very good. Okay. Um, back down in the basement, um, Farron finishes writing the letter. The, there's like a one of those square cutouts with bars in it um, of the door. He slides it back out um, through the bars and hands it to you, Roos. You are too kind, Farron. Thank you. So what, I just hang out down here now? Yes, three days, and then Tigish will be back to get you, and then you can start your journey. You can hear him kind of walking around and down there, kind of kicking things with his foot. And like, There's no pot in here. I, I'm, I'm going to need a pot. Oh, I'm sure we can, we can find some accommodations for you. Have you been well in these last five years? I have been well. I've been doing very well. I've... I've uh, risen through the ranks of Howling Talon. I'm actually now one of their um, one of their finest hunters. I believe it. You always had such talent for finding people. I found you. And <laughs> I'll find you again. I'm sure you will. 
but I'll make it harder for you next time. You always do. <laughs> that was a sexual innuendo. What's going on with his tail? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is it swinging? Uh, all right. Um, he says, well, go, go, go save the world, Roos. I'll find you when you're done. Yes. And when you do find me, perhaps I'll tell you about what happened to cause the shattering. I'll see you around. Okay. You will. Or maybe not. So you guys can go back upstairs and get rest if you need to, because you guys only had short rest. You guys can take long rest if you want to and start the day a little bit later. Um, I know you guys had some things in mind to do today. Um, I can think of one thing that you guys had talked about doing that you still haven't done, but that's okay. Yeah, we need to go. We need to go find Gerard. <laughs> I literally have the document up that's titled Gerard's Inventory. <laughs> I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I just found this really awesome whip that I can sell. Oh man, that should fetch us a nice price. <laughs> so, how's the prisoner? Did you give him some water? He'll need it if he's down there for three days. Oh. He'll need a pot, too. Don't forget. He said that, and it just slipped out of my mind. Oh, he can do without the pot. You designate a corner, <laughs> and then that's just, that's just where it collects. You know? I'll return later and give him something. I think Richter <laughs> has done this enough times that he's already, like, on it. He's literally, as you guys are talking about getting water in a pot, Richter is walking by you with a bottle of water and a pot as he's walking back downstairs to go shove them underneath the door. Yep. Ah, uh, an expert kidnapper here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's not my first time around the block. I can tell you've held people here against their will before. <laughs> and where were you when we had Ramsey? You know, somebody's got to have a hobby. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um, yeah, so you guys can do a long rest or... Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, no, long rest, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I was down to 12 hit points in that fight. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Oh. You know, he... Yeah, he... He had some pretty cool skills. If he doesn't hit you guys fast and hard and like knock out at least one of you, um, I knew he was going to be toast. But if he could have gotten you both out, oh, man, it would have been a totally different story. Roos, you would have been gone. That blackjack was bonkers. And I realized yeah. it was a reflavored other skill, but that was <laughs> <Yeah>. insane. <laughs> it was nuts, man. Um, should, should I clue everyone into what the character even was? How about we do a poll, okay? Okay. So um, if any of you guys um, think you might know what creature or monster from the monster manual or some other uh, D&D book that I modeled Farron after, go ahead and join the Discord and uh, let us know what you think. You guys finish your long rest. I'm guessing you finish it here in Richter's house. Or you guys going to go back to the drawn drapes. Um, I'm fine going back to the drawn drapes. We kind of wanted to avoid coming here, though, right? Why don't you guys go back out through the basement and go back to the drawn drapes then? Perfect. You guys get back to the drawn drapes. We'll say just right, maybe like an hour or two before dawn. Um, so you guys will kind of sleep into the morning and wake up uh, around lunchtime. So as you all uh, wake up here at the drawn drapes, um, it is a new day. Hot damn, it's lunchtime, which means I can drink. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have had, you know, mimosas. A Bloody Mary's a breakfast thing sometimes. Always, I believe. Uh, uh, not a fan of tomato juice or clamato. <laughs> 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 
You know, I like to start the day with a nice warm red wine with garlic cloves crushed into it. It's very refreshing. Hmm. Yeah, and I bet you smell great all day. Wonderful. <laughs> I smell as powerful as I feel. Uh, and don't forget here at the Draw and Drapes, there is a bath uh, house as well if you guys want to bathe after spending so much time in the sewers and, you know, the fire and all that kind of stuff. That's fine as well. Yeah, we don't we don't have to role play at Pine. We'll no, just we take don't. a bath first we thing don't. in the morning. I'm just letting you know you guys can do that. Okay. Roos is also going to change his attire a little <gasps> bit. Okay. <gasps> Better keep that sweater vest. Don't you have leather armor that lets you change what it looks like anyway? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you had it making it look like you were wearing a sweater vest this whole time. Yes. Of course. <laughs> yes. This whole time. He's like, uh, what other choice is there? <laughs> no, but oh, um, so as Roos comes out, he's dressed completely different from what he was before. And uh, this is more in the Ustranian style. Okay. He's got tight, like tights on his legs with like pointed shoes, um, leather shoes. And his shirt is almost like loose fitting like a blouse. It hangs down to a, to about his mid thigh. He's got a gold belt over it uh, with buttons. And then on the top of the shirt, <laughs> I'm just going to go with this theme of him like like really not dressing well. at the shoulders so like at the top there's almost like a very small cloak but it only goes to like the cap of his shoulders and it's like almost (laughs) almost like I'm looking at like actual medieval clothes and I'm trying my best to describe them (laughs) gotcha that's awesome it's a crop top yes it's it's a super crop top yeah it's a crop top but there's a shirt underneath it too and then there's a third shirt underneath with really long sleeves that go all the way down. So it's like it's like you came out of makeup and you forgot to take off the uh, the bib. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and he shaved his mustache. <gasps> and he let his hair down so it's not in a ponytail anymore. Oh my. Who's okay, this? now we do need we do need new character art now. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. As soon as Pine sees you, he says, Wait, wait, it'll grow back, right? It's got to grow back, right? You got to start growing it back right now. <laughs> you have this guy's self. <laughs> well, very good. Well, it'll okay. grow back, but it might take a month or two. Honestly, I expected you to have more of an upper lip. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope. I actually don't have an upper or a lower lip. I was going to say, they're so thin, they're practically gone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Now do you see why I had a mustache this whole time? God, you really can. <laughs> oh, gosh. All right, well, you guys, um, you step out of the bedrooms and into kind of the common room area, um, and you can see there are some people eating some lunch. You see that um, with your passive perception, Nari and Roos, you both instantly notice um, that the innkeeper, the person who greeted you as you came into the drawn drapes, is actually behind the bar attempting to... Um, serve drinks and things. And uh, he does not notice you. Is uh, nobody want to work anymore these days? <laughs> he looks over at you as you say that, Nari, and he says, oh, uh, would you care for a drink? I'm um, doing my best. Uh, yes, please. We'll have um, a few ales around on the house. Or around on, on, for, on me. <laughs> around on the house? Uh, no, yes, you can no I'm not doing that. I, I'm pretty sure I know what that means. Um <laughs> 
no, are you want around for everyone here? Um, you can see he's like starting to sweat. He's like, okay, um, yes, around. It's just ale. It, it comes in the barrels. You just fill yeah, the mugs. Yes, I know. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm gonna need to wash some, some, some more mugs. Uh, you can see he looks very overwhelmed. Where's the other guy? He didn't come in to work today. <sighs> oh, wait. I'm gonna cuss here real quick. You guys all need to do something. Because yeah. you had a long rest. Oh, shoot. What do we got to do? I need everyone to roll a d20. And tell me what you rolled. Just a flat d20. Oh, heck. Ooh. Oh, no. 17. Uh, Richter got a 13. Um, you guys all sleep well and wake up refreshed. After a good night's rest. Roos, I need you to also make your wisdom save to see if you can um, get a good night's rest for your other issue going on. And you get to add plus four because we're sleeping in the same room and you're within 10 feet of me. And you had advantage. Nat 20. <laughs> Nat 20, okay. You are no longer exhausted. That's fantastic. Yes. I'm still sad about the loss of my old friend, but I'm feeling better after the events of yesterday. Okay, perfect. Okay, sorry, I didn't mean to miss that. That is a very important part of sleeping in the city of Almar. Everybody got a good night's rest. Okay, um, yeah, the innkeeper is like frazzled and he says that the, the bartender never came in this morning. It's not like him. Hard to find good help. He'd been having weird dreams. Did you see that a lot in here? He's like, we all have weird dreams from time to time, but I, I guess they did seem to bother him more than than most. However, I mean, he's always been very reliable. I, I'm afraid I'm gonna have to fire him, which is oh, sad. Oh, don't do that. Well, he left me high and dry. I'm no pretty sure he's sick. I'm pretty, come on. Doesn't Almar have like a, a, a like a, a sick leave policy? What? Has he never done this before? Never. Isn't there like a barkeeper's labor union? There is a union, yes, but... And you can just fire somebody after one time of missing a one shift? It's not just one shift. His, his times here have been a struggle of late. He's been mixing up orders. He's been daydreaming on the job. He's been ignoring patrons and now not even showing up. It's not like him. Well, perhaps, perhaps something happened. Uh, could we maybe check in on this person for you just as a gesture of goodwill? Make a persuasion check. Um, Mr. Charisma based character. <laughs> Only, uh, got a 14. Okay. I, you don't need to bother with that. That's, that's, that's my business. You are, uh, you are a patron here at the Drawn Drapes. Don't let my discomfort and my unease here, um, affect your stay. Okay. I assure you we'll have somebody here working the bar this evening and everything will be back running ship shape before you know it. Uh, I mean, nonsense. It's it's not any uh, any trouble to us. You know, we're here just enjoying the sights of the city. Um, would be happy to, you well, know, do something nice. if you're enjoying the nice. sights of the city, he cuts you off. He says, I suggest you take in the uh, the Cathedral of Aramil. It's, it's a little... Um, rundown of late. Um, people have been uh, using it uh, for uh, selling things and camping out alongside it, setting up their shacks and hovels, but still it is the, it is a, a grand building here in the city. It's kind of the jewel of the city, but um, anyway, yes, enjoy your time here in Almar, and here are ales for everybody as he starts to like pull out mugs and 
fill them with ale and people in the in the common room are going up and grabbing them. Holy crap, guys. Why didn't we think to go in the Cathedral of Aramil? I mean, we're kind of here to, like, you know, <laughs> stop that guy. I mean, I don't know. I was kind of sick of talking about him. <laughs> Especially with how to pronounce his name. Yeah. The Cathedral of Irmiel. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's the name. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, yep. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, I, should we stop by? I mean, we want to do some shopping. We got Schmitzy's. Schmitzy's. Smitchy, 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 Smitchy's, there's Smitchy's Bazaar we wanted to check out, and maybe there's, he said there was some people selling things in the cathedral as well, so. Oh, yeah, but the, the cathedral, I mean, that's knickknacks and, and, um. Paddywax? Smitchy's Bazaar <laughs> is where you want to go if you're looking for, like, higher end things. Yeah, yeah there's, there's knickknacks at the cathedral and paddywax at the, uh, at the bazaar. Ah, <laughs> uh, well. <laughs> Give this dog a bone. I'm super interested. <laughs> oh my gosh, guys. Wait, I thought you were cat people. No, no, we're not cat people. We just have cool ears. Oh, I just didn't know which dogs we were giving bones to. I take great offense to this. Sorry, I just didn't follow what you were saying. Hey, hey, um, <laughs> hey, hotel manager, did you hear about that crazy cat? With the four ears? <laughs> it was it was bonkers. Everybody was talking about it last night. He was hanging out in the sewer. Yeah. He's like, um, uh, what was that? Something about a cat? Um, yes, you. Yes. What would you like? Uh, what's your order? He's kind of ignoring you now at this point. Perfect cover. <laughs> As you guys get your drinks. It was probably his cat. <laughs> hey, Bruce, the cat wasn't real. It was just a story <laughs> I made up. Oh. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I thought I missed something this whole time. Oh, as you guys get your drinks and as you eat uh, a bite of lunch and then step out of the drawn drapes and into the city of Almar, we are going to stop there for tonight. Oh, all right, you guys. Well, thank you for playing. I don't even know where to go after that. The, did you see that cat? That's great. Um, anyway, hey, thank you guys for listening. Uh, go check us out on Discord and you can chat with us. You can share what you think the uh, template was that I used for Farron, the Howling Talon Master Hunter. Uh, also, check out our store at 12sidedguys.com. Check out our Patreon if you want to support us even more. Ratings and reviews are always appreciated. And until we get together next time, we hope you have a great time. <laughs> <laughs>